At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast where Ernest Hemingway once wrote, The world is a fine place and worth fighting for. And we agree with the second part. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. Larry, how are you today? I'm I'm good. I, I'm getting tired of the dripping of bad news uh, that we're getting here in Ontario, but uh, that's why I brought out that quote. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, we were talking just before uh, uh, we started recording, and uh, yeah, it, it's this constant sort of like uh, steady drip of bad news, and it and it almost uh, just makes it seem like a whole new pandemic, you know, like we're, we're so far removed from where we are in the, from where we were in the summer. And I don't know, I, I feel like in some ways it's, it's gone back to last March. Or, or probably even worse in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the, the good news is vaccines are here and they, and, and people are getting vaccinated and, it probably won't be that long before you and I get called up, but still, it's like with the vaccines and with everything that that we've been kind of learning to live in, you'd think we'd do a lot better, even with the new variants and whatever's causing the issue right now. But yeah, it's a uh, it, it's pretty mind boggling what's happening right now. It's hard to believe that it was you know just a short time ago that. Uh, you know, Doug Ford to the, you know, to 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 the insist to the insistence otherwise from medical authorities was opening up patios and and I, I couldn't believe it when he when when that happened in Toronto we were still in the in the gray zone and that yep. lasted for what a week and now and now like it's so, where we are now compared to where we were then is just insane and they were opening up uh, you could have got a haircut. That 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 Monday before they, they completely <laughs> yeah. could have got a haircut, and I was really worried, thinking, okay, they're going to shut schools down, and I thought, you know, maybe they'll take a more targeted approach because, um, in, in my neighborhood, and uh, we're not in the hot zone, but uh, the schools have been doing really well here. I think there's only been two cases identified in a school of 700 kids, which is pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, we got the order this, what, back on Monday, Tuesday? School is, now I've never seen them use this this, term indefinitely, but uh, they're going online indefinitely now. Right. Until until further notice. But eh, fine, we'll do our part, but let's, I don't know if they're, plugging the right holes you know what i mean i've i've never really been confident that they have been yeah uh <laughs> i i saw this i thought i saw this humorous uh article uh before we get into the, the the news usually i we we don't put uh these guys on our headlines uh section of of our of the podcast because they are um comedic ones but I, I, I will uh, read one from the Beaverton, which is Ontario school opening closing policy determined by a cat who wants in or out. <laughs> it really does, you know, 
it really does seem that random. And uh, I know some people have said that the Beaverton is no longer satire. The oh, Beaverton, yeah. the onion, like all those just seem to be this <laughs> depressingly real with their satirical headlines. Oh, that's awesome. Like this, this is great right here. Uh, here's a, a, a fake quote from Stephen Lecce. What's going on is remarkable, remarkably, hold on. Oh, sorry. Oh, let me start again. What's going on in that remarkable mine? We don't know, said Lecce, holding the door open. The risk to children, the variance of concern, the presence of birds. We wouldn't know what to do otherwise. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll get over it just like we did before. I, I, I've spent the year not catching the COVID. I think I'm pretty good at it. I think you are too. You guys are you know, pretty yeah. good at not catching it. So far, so um, good. So I, I say we continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend was uh, WrestleMania. And I, we're not going to do a bit of a recap, but there was something I want to tie back. During WrestleMania uh, weekend, they uh, the WWE got into the NFTs. So Curtis, we're being left behind, even though we made fun of NFTs, but what, three, four episodes ago? The WWE has gone into the NFT business. So they had an auction up leading to WrestleMania. And they, they had different, it was, you know, honoring The Undertaker. And they had, you know, a a bronze, silver, gold, and platinum level offerings from, you know, bronze being $100, silver, 1000 But the... The auction for the platinum one had two bids. One guy started the bidding at ten grand, and this other guy just said, "I want this," and put a hundred thousand dollars, and it never got contested. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And, and so, so what what does this guy get for a hundred thousand U.S. So dollars? You and I both are still unsure about what an NFT is, but. Um, they get a one-of-a-kind NFT featuring The Undertaker. Now, it seems to be the video clip of The Undertaker Mankind Hell in a Cell match, the very famous one uh, where Mick is Mick almost died, I think. <laughs> but it's the first bump. It's the first bump of, of Mick being thrown over and he, he hits the announce table. Right. So you... I guess you just have an nft that's of that yeah it, it's it's this image that we on a website are watching for free that's on right a continuous loop <laughs> exactly and okay now there's other sweet prizes besides the nft you get two tickets at wrestlemania uh for a future wrestlemania either the next one or the one after personalized video message from the undertaker which it reminded me of the episode of the Simpsons where it's just like this, you know, insert name here, you know, yeah. signed yeah. the undertaker because <laughs> what, 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 I don't know. The question is, would he be, I guess he'd have to be, he'd be in character, right? Like he's going to give, you know, he's going to say, Oh my God, get, get the makeup on again and, you know, give this fan a personalized message. I guess so. I don't know if he'd do it as the underbiker version or, you know, I wish I could ask. Like I, I, I would totally. Um, you get an original urn used by the Undertaker straight out of the WWE vault, and it's signed by the Undertaker. 
and then a personalized championship belt with the winner's name engraved on the side plates. Like those are pretty sweet. Um, you know, that's a nice package. Yep. For someone who's a fan of the undertaker. So I, th- the tickets are tied to the NFT. So this is interesting. Again, we need someone to explain it. So that your WrestleMania tickets transfers to whomever owns the token on February 1, 2022. All other utilities will transfer to whoever owns the token at the conclusion of the final match at SummerSlam 2021. Right. Because like that's that's the big thing with these NFTs is buying them and then trying to flip them. Flip for, them. Although I don't think that this is going to be the case with this guy. <laughs> Overbidding by $90,000. Oh, you're right. And I... I you you kind of said it it's it's the flipping yeah it's the whole thing that the kids are doing with sneakers right they're buying old jordans and then immediately doing a flip or or they're just kind of no different than me trying to find a playstation 5 people are using bots and other means of grabbing whatever inventory and attempting to do a flip right yeah so the 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 thing the thing though that that uh, I, I I found most interesting is is as good as all this stuff is, mm-hmm. and and I would love to have a championship belt with my name engraved on it, and I would like to have tickets to WrestleMania and all that stuff. I would even like to have that NFT. It looks pretty cool. But a hundred thousand dollars would change my life. Like I could, <laughs> I could use that money to really really get myself ahead in 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 a few very key areas you know put a huge dent into my mortgage or you know set up you know some money for my niece and nephew you know all this kind of stuff or 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 even just personally you know put it to the retirement fund when you can't work anymore anything like who who <laughs> has a hundred thousand dollars even if you wanted to buy like a ridiculous car or something like that who has a hundred thousand dollars and spends it on wrestling crap like that's insane to me. Uh, someone who is speculating, right? Because they may not want to keep it. it it's total speculation that someone will continually, continuously upbid this now, especially now that he's retired. I, I don't know, courtesy. But then, couldn't you, couldn't you, couldn't you have bid thirty thousand dollars, and then you know, like if you're bidding a hundred thousand dollars and you want to make a profit on this, you're gonna have to. Sell. No, clearly this guy had the money. And didn't didn't have the patience to go through a proper auction because you're totally right. Like, why don't you outbid the guy by a dollar? Price is right style. That's right. Price is right style, and just just keep hitting. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna annoy you and just keep ramping it up. This guy is like the rich speculator that's completely lazy. I'm just going to pick some absurd number and no one's going to come close to it. But they believe that their $100,000 is still investment because they can flip it for, I don't know, whatever someone wants, Mick, hitting the hitting the, the announce table that we've seen over and over and over again. <laughs> and we can do a, 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 a I'm sure someone's done a uh, internet uh, uh, super loop or super cut of, of it happening over and over again for like six hours. I mean, I guess with this package, you get tangible goods. Yep. Plus, you have something that could be. It's like, it's like you know, 
if you or I had a had a, had an old comic or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you hold on to that for for a while. Like I guess maybe, you know, there, it's possible that in, you know, twenty years that NFT NFT is worth two hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars. Who knows? It could be worth nothing. This technology could just or like this. It, it could it could be worthless in in like ten years. Who knows? Yep, it, it's like. It'd be it'd be hilarious if they give you the recording using like a, a dying uh, codec. Oh, here's your NFT. It's in Adobe Flash. <laughs> yeah. Real player. You can only access it through real player. <laughs> and then and what are you going to do? Because uh, Yahoo Answers is no longer online by that time when you need to find out how do I get to play and enjoy my NFT? That's right. That's right. A, a resource uh, that, that that you could use for something like that. Yeah. So, but this was the first time uh, the WWE did a uh, show in front of a live audience. So they had twenty five thousand people in Raymond James Stadium, um, mostly on the floor, some in in the hundred stands or the first level stands. Uh, at first, the masks were all being worn, but throughout the evening booze whatever it there they they just all came off so you know at least they were outside yeah so we'll leave it some of them were vaccinated we'll we'll leave it yeah i'm sure the americans are doing such a good job with of vaccinations that you know like i think some the some of the wrestlers were advertising doing that instagram you know look i got vaccinated yeah so i i wouldn't be surprised if every person on the roster is that's at least on tv is already vaccinated oh, yeah. so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all but the but someone a group that was not clearly vaccinated were the vancouver canucks who got hit really badly right mm-hmm. so uh I, I hopefully i get the numbers right it was like 18 players 22 22 yep. players and and some back office staff right? four members of the coaching staff and i and i think that Travis Green, the head coach, was one of them. I don't don't quote me on that, um, but yeah. And then that doesn't include uh, players that might have been on the taxi squad, which is the the sort of like squad that they use to, um, because like it's so hard, especially the Canucks, whose uh, uh, AHL team is playing in the United States. They can't really get guys back and forth, so they have like a, a taxi squad of of guys who aren't on the roster but they can be you can you can shuffle guys in and out um so that doesn't even include that apparently like a couple of those guys also were were uh uh returned positive cases but yeah it was the biggest um outbreak in the nhl this year and and for the first i don't know half of the season or more you know those Canadian teams that they were staying in Canada and stuff like that. There, there was all kinds of outbreaks in the U.S. There's none in Canada, and now, you know, the, now, now, you know, one of our teams has had the biggest one. Now, did they trace back to how it got into the locker room, or did they not saying? They, they, yeah, I think that's still an ongoing investigation. I think they do know that it's a a variant um, that got in there which hmm. sort of was rough on some of these guys who got, and these are like obviously young athletes in their prime. And some of them got, you know, a fairly, had a fairly rough go of, of, uh, 
of COVID. I don't think anyone was on respirators or anything, but uh, uh, there's some thought that the first guy who tested positive, uh, Adam Gaudet, who's since been traded, he was traded at the trade deadline. There's some, <laughs> there's, you know. Was the, that part, the, part of the package deal? Yeah, that's right. He's got antibodies. <laughs> That's right. That must he's be worth valuable, something. He's got valuable antibodies. Um, you know, some of the rumors are that he maybe like was, you know, uh, he got it in the community. Maybe he was being irresponsible. I don't want to say for sure. Yeah, because um, I, I, you know, that's that's like some of the rumors going around. But uh, there is the thought that maybe he got it in in, in the community in some way. And then brought it into the locker room. Because I'm always curious. You, you and we, we said earlier, both you and I are very good at not catching the COVID. Like, I'm very curious at how people contract it. And I, I guess I want to add it to my thought of, okay, don't do that. But if they're doing something like totally irresponsible, like, oh, yeah, I went to this bar. I went to the speakeasy bar and it was massless. <laughs> they were doing i was on the i was doing karaoke with this uh person i just met five mm-hmm. minutes ago yeah you know doing a duet doing uh you know doing the dashboard lights yeah yeah with someone <laughs> yeah i really don't know i mean it could have been something fairly innocuous it could have been something you know fairly dumb i don't know how easy like you said I, I i honestly don't know how easy it is to catch it's all anecdotal or it's like that's right you know um, you know, I've, I've been to grocery stores and, you know, stuff. I haven't done anything very interesting in my life since this has happened, but I have, you know, been in relatively close proximity to people, but I, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're not there for very long and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. so I don't know if, but I don't know if like one day you're in a big long line in the grocery store and maybe you, maybe, you know, the person ahead of you or behind you has it and maybe they have like one of these easier to catch variants and maybe you get it just from something like that i i really couldn't couldn't say yeah so how many games did vancouver miss as a result of this because this story really broke out like i I would think what almost a week and a half ago well they they've been off the ice for a little over three weeks i think and they've missed eight games okay it makes longer than yeah they've missed eight games and um they're gonna so so as a result they have to play 19 uh games in 30 days to finish off their season which is which is by nhl standards it's not like baseball right like like these games take a toll so it's a breakneck pace i think that includes six back-to-backs including uh friday night against edmonton and then and then saturday night against toronto so these guys are just coming off the covid protocol list they're just getting over an infection and then they have to play back-to-back games against like the two two of the top teams in the division just like that and uh one of the guys uh uh, jt miller who's a a forward for the canucks and he's one of the one of the few canucks on their roster who who didn't didn't catch it didn't, didn't return a positive test um he was saying like with the layoff he himself being like covid free is having a hard time getting back into practice because they couldn't practice like their facilities were all closed so he's having a tough time getting back into game shape and he couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine these guys 
coming off of a like a like a fairly significant respiratory illness now having to play at hockey at an extremely high level and the highest that's going to do to them and he says right. he says like he's not sure that health and safety is is really being the paramount concern here with with the kind of grueling schedule that they're expected to keep up for the for the remainder of the year yeah i i i don't know uh well let's just have to see how that how that pans out um another thing on the covid sports news uh, we are a hundred days away from the Tokyo Summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. You and I talked about it uh, last year when they uh, were still adamant that they were going to hold it, and then they just they did they cancel it or they postponed it. But uh, do you think we'll see another postponement here, or do you think they'll just push through? I mean, it looks like they're determined to push through. Um, like it's it's one of those things where like. I don't think I don't think that the average uh the average person in Japan wants it there for for obvious reasons um you know and your you know as we as we were talking about um a little earlier uh you're bringing together athletes from all all over the world where 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 you know their experiences in, in containing or handling the pandemic like very widely depending on 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 the country and they're all coming to congregate in, in one place. So they're not allowing fans from other countries to go, which, you know, is obviously going to make go, going to make a, a difference to the bottom line because you're not getting the tourist dollars. But they're still bringing in athletes from everywhere into into one place, bringing in bringing in variants. So you're bringing in like countries where variants are um you know where where there's where there's more presence of variants than other countries and they're all congregating in the same place it seems like a stupid idea yeah cuz the, the whole concept of olympic village will still exist right like so they're kind of all cohabitating i guess right well i think no i think they are you know going to uh segregate people as much as possible like instead of an olympic village i think there will probably be like hotels you know sort of you can't you you can't help to have some um crossover though mm-hmm. you know no matter no matter what you do no matter how secure you make it there's there's going to be a point where there's going to be where, where where there's going to be you know people pooling in one area for whatever reason and we're actually sending people at the, the Canadian press. We're we're sending people to Tokyo on, to be on the ground. Um, now, have have you talked to them? Like, what's their what's their feel for it? Or, or they're they're fine about going? The the well, yeah, like they had to have that conversation with like the sports editor and management and stuff like that, whether or not they wanted to go. And we had a couple of people who weren't as comfortable going so you know um understandably uh and then we had some people who were very comfortable going so uh, they got a group together who are comfortable going and and want to go so they're going to go um which is i mean the the alternative i guess was we'd be covering the entire thing via zoom from uh (laughs) from, from from our living rooms or whatever um but I don't know how I don't know exactly still how it's gonna work. Um you know, like 
what kind of access are they going to have? It's going to be a lot different, obviously. It's not going to be like like a normal Olympics where there's the, you know, there's there's the mix zone and then there's, you know, like the media center where all the media hangs out. Like, so, you know, I think the, the, the whole thing is going to be, it's 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 going to be a, a a lesser experience on several levels. The athletic competition might still be really good. I don't know that that part of it, which is the main part of it, I suppose. But uh, mm. you know, as far as being a world event that brings the world together into one place, it's going to be it's going to be like a, a far more muted experience. Yeah, and what what's the sense of the like the 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 big athletes kind of showing you think everybody's going to show like obviously the olympics is a small window in your career and because it only happens so often every yeah. four years that window is very small for you to perform at that high level so i can see a lot of people wanting to go and then there's other people that are just like ah, i don't know if i feel comfortable and then come back with a sickness and then you know whatever um I think I think from what I can see, athletes are are overwhelmingly, at least in Canada, it seems overwhelmingly want to go. Hmm. Okay. Well, at least they're not being forced to go yeah. in one for way the for the reasons that you're saying. Like it's it's like like for a lot of these, especially like these amateur athletes, you know, this is what they've they've dedicated you know years and years for you know. Basically, mm-hmm. not having fun and <laughs> just giving your life well, over you're, to you're, sport. You're, you're training. You, you gotta you gotta make the Olympic team, and it's 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 a, it's grueling. I, I get yeah. it. I you know, like don't get me wrong. I get it. So this is another lost opportunity, I think, because like you said, they're not going. Tokyo is not going to be able to recoup a lot of the costs that they associated in kind of getting setting up the Olympics and running them. And it is a it is a big money deal, right? The IOC is not they're not a charitable organization that looks for uh, a country, a city that's going to host and you know out of the kindness of their heart, like they're chosen because that they can provide a high level of facilities. So I was thinking, I don't, it may be very difficult, but they should have known this was coming down the pipe, and they had all this time to plan. They could have done like pay per view Olympics. And like, so if I want to kind of see the decathlon, like we're talking, show me everything. Like I will, I will pay a premium and just leave that camera crew running. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't need the, com- uh, the commentating all the time, but you know, give me a live, give me a live feed from the stadium as if I had a seat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's just going to be like the standard TV sort of deals that we've seen at, at previous Olympics. But you're right, like you know, this is kind of this is this is the kind of situation where you start to think outside the box and think of new ways to deliver content and, and yeah, uh, you know, new ways to monetize content, especially yeah, like you say, in a situation where you know. Uh, ways that you would have normal no, normally been able to to make money off the olympics are not going to be available to you 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 have olympic freaks that would you know or family members that would have you know sure I'll, I'll i'll be there but then you're at the mercy of whatever is on the tv schedule and you know maybe your child is in a sport that no one no one likes to cover because it's not the 100 meter 
Yeah, like you're in the... or gymnastics, right? I assume the track yeah. and field and gymnastics are probably like the ones that those are the money makers, right? Those are the prime time sports and swimming, I guess, right? Swimming's big. Anything, anything the Americans can do well in is usually big. Yep, and the <laughs> Russians are banned too, right? Or are they allowed to? uh compete in in a parts unknown <laughs> yeah i mean that's what they were able to do at the last uh mm. in pyeongchang so probably they'll be able to do so i mean the the i don't think there's a lot of political will to really like to really punish the russians for cheating they'll find some sort of yeah some 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 way around it Okay, um, quickly to to kind of wrap our little sports segment, uh, I want to talk about the, the Raptors' um, trade of uh, Gary Trent Jr. Man, that kid is on fire right now. Yeah, he's he's looked really good. Um, he's he you know he's had a couple of really high scoring games. Um, he even had like a uh, a buzzer beater three-pointer mm-hmm. game winner for the Raptors, which is, which, you know, even when the Raptors are good, they don't like, they don't get many of those. Like they're not the kind of team that, that, well, that... he's got, he's got that interesting move that he did it again. I think, uh, in, in a game of the other night, which is he does this behind the back pass to himself and then step back, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, it's, it's it's quite the little cool little movie does. When his shot falls, it really like like the the uh, the other night he uh, he went 17, 17 of nineteen mm. uh, from the floor, which is insane. Like that that kind of efficiency is very rare. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean he's he he can also play defense, and he's he's what twenty two years old, I think. So yeah, they traded Norm Powell, who's like a fan favorite uh, and great, great guy, great player. They they traded, uh, you know, they traded uh, Norm to uh, Portland to get to get uh, Trent, and um, you you know, obviously, if you're going to get quality, you got to give up quality. But it looks like that it was a good move to get a an impact guy who's pretty young, and also Norm is due for a very big payday. Uh, in the off season, I think Trent will be he he he's a restricted free agent, whereas Norm, who's probably going to opt out of his player option, be an unrestricted free agent. So they have a bit more control, yeah, financially. Okay. Well, we'll have to kind of keep an eye on him and see how the Raptors finish the season. You, you have this theory that they're going to they're they're starting to tank, right? Well, I mean, they're playing tonight, uh, the second of a back-to-back against San Antonio as we speak. They've kept Kyle Lowry out of both games for rest. Normally in a back-to-back, you might rest a guy one night. They're resting him mm-hmm. both nights. There's no Fred Van Vliet. He's serving the first. He's just coming back from a hip injury, but tonight he's serving the first or the only game of a suspension that he picked up recently. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., who we were just talking about, is uh, not playing because of uh, ankle soreness. Um quote unquote uh you know they it just seems like there's guys out all the time um mm. and you know some of these are are like legit injuries or whatever but i also think that they're just not in a hurry to put to, to, to field their best team yeah. i don't know if it's <laughs> put to put to put their best yeah exactly yeah you can't i can't prove obviously that it's a tank but it does seem to be it seems to be there's always somebody out for something hmm 
Yeah, well, we'll have to see. But uh, okay, let's move on to our headlines. Uh, we got we got a, a small batch, and then we want to kind of talk a bit about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, so the first one here. So onto the headlines. First one here is we have uh, a social media post, uh, a story. Uh, French town Ville de Biche's Facebook page removed in error. So the French town of Ville de Biche. Uh, had its official Facebook page removed in what the social media site said was an error, apparently based on the name's proximity to an English insult. So uh, Biche is spelled B-I-T-C-H-E. It's this quaint little French town. It looks great. Yeah, it looks really and, nice. And, <laughs> and the page, the official page was like this, uh, like a tourism page, right? Like yeah. totally innocent and... But yes, it got it was caught in the AI and violation of conditions applying to Facebook pages. It's it's insane to me that that managed to trip like fa- Facebook's um, <laughs> of all things. Yeah, of all things, of all the stuff that Facebook has allowed that trip their terms and conditions. I, I that just that just seems amazing to me. Uh, that or their AI is not as good as we think. But you're you're right. Seeing what how Facebook has fed a whole bunch of really really ugly ugly things, and here's this town trying to get people to to come and you know book their little vacation. <laughs> and 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 what is the curse word that it's being confused for? Bitch. Hardly in the in the A list of swears oh, oh I, I wouldn't even even go as far as even calling it b <laughs> it's like the poly shore of like like if if an f-bomb is like if an f-bomb is like the dwayne johnson of of swears then bitch is like like a poly shore <laughs> <laughs> or who's the guy that plays Ernest? jim barney what was that? What was jim yeah yeah so you're you're right because it, it I would almost classify it as like a, a, a like a religious curse word, like I, I would I would say bitch is about the same level as the word no maybe even not I was gonna say the same level as the word damn. Yeah, they they can say they can say both of them on The Simpsons. That's that's my that's how I how I uh, sort of rank my. <laughs> <laughs> my foul words if they can say it on the simpsons it's probably okay to be on facebook yeah so uh but the happy ending they they get their page restored but the ma- the mayor extended an invitation to facebook chief executive mark zuckerberg to visit the town and discover our pretty fortified city has that has distinguished itself in history on several occasions so there you go there's a- i wonder if like mark zuckerberg can do a can do a whole tour of uh of of like he 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 could use this to his advantage. He can he can skew the algorithm to just, um, you know, uh, periodically strip these Facebook pages and then get invites to visit them. So like dildo Newfoundland. Oh, oh, so if if he if he's maybe hungry, he can he can go find like some kind of pizza parlor and strip them and then get some get free pizza for life he can he can but i'm thinking of like other 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 cities with with uh with names um that that could that could be banned under the term or or flagged under the terms and services that, Bil- that's Bil- right. newfoundland uh wank germany 
um there was a place i was telling you about uh before the um be- before before we went on air it's uh it's it's uh it's now called fugging it's in austria it's called fugging f-u-g-g-i-n-g but it used to be it probably had an umlaut and it was pronounced like fuking but you know yeah. it was it, it 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 was uh you know spelled as you would think that word would be spelled and uh but but clearly just a german yeah, yeah. word oh yeah, yeah yeah but you know just like it only takes like one idiot to take a picture of it and and spread it around and then you know you're just getting you're you're the butt of jokes all the time and eventually you're that's why i really like dildo newfoundland because they they had considered changing their name and then there was like no way this is who we are you know yep. the, the, rest, the, the rest of the world needs to change to us we're not going to change for the rest of the world hats off so, i've been to dildo, dildo newfoundland as well very nice place <laughs> so wh- one more thing before we get off the story is this is zuckerberg today probably would go visit you know apologize get the key to the city whatever if this was say uh the birth of facebook era so i guess this would have been circa 2003 i guess uh zuckerberg if that was if if that zuckerberg uh saw this story i i my prediction would be zuckerberg would have went and bought that town and actually named it Vilda Bitch. <laughs> he would have. He would have. And, and 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 he would have been. And then rate and then rate all the young women in the village. <laughs> he would have. He he might have. He might have done that. And his yeah. You know. I wouldn't say it's a kinder, gentler Zuckerberg now, but it's a it's a maybe more calculated in his in his evil. <laughs> yeah. All right. the the uh, The next feel good story has to do with uh, Disney theme parks. So, uh, Disney theme parks changing staff dress code as part of drive towards inclusivity. The new policy provides greater flexibility with respect to forms of personal expression. So that would include, I believe, uh, that includes uh, tattoos. Yep. First, it was like a yeah gender inclusive hairstyles, okay. jewelry, nail styles, and costume choices, and allowing appropriate visible tattoos. Yeah. So that that uh, picture of like the Ghost Rider, you know, flaming tattoo shooting out of someone's chest or something. <laughs> um, that 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 might not pass still, yeah, or, or or something. But maybe maybe if it was like Dumbo, yeah. flying, oh, yeah, yeah. flaming, yeah, any know. Disney character so long, you know, as long as they were not imperiled, would probably be fine. If you had if you had like a like like a Adam Levine, uh, sort of tattoo sleeve, mm-hmm. nobody's being offended by that. You'd probably get but, away with that. But the interesting thing about here is the, 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 the listed was costume choices. So were there certain characters that they were not allowed to dress as, or they only said you can only dress like as, as these characters only? Yeah, I, it's, I, I, it's possible that you got pigeonholed depending on, you know, sort of gender and maybe other factors into only being able to wear certain costumes. And maybe, you know, they've decided that. So 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 Curtis would would you would you if if you were working in the Disney park would you suddenly now 
don the Captain Panaka costume? Would that would that be your choice of new <laughs> costume choices? I would I would if I was there I would I would only be Tron. If I couldn't be Tron, then I wouldn't be in. I'd, I'd just quit. <laughs> would you be Tron or Flynn? Oh, actually, no, Flynn probably would have been the guy that would have been in the costume, but maybe not Tron. No, I'd or maybe be, I like. I mean, I'd I'd be Tron. Flynn's fine. Maybe maybe like I'd be Sark on days that the other Sark couldn't make it in. Like if he was sick. <laughs> I I do like a heel turn and be Sark for a day. That would be fine too, but I'd prefer to be Tron. Well, you know, this is Disney trying to, I guess, open up to the world, but I I guess I, were they that, I guess they must've been pretty restrictive about their dress code. And because you get that ubiquitous experience when you go to Disney and the, the, the players, I think that's what they call their employees that are visible to uh, the, um, the public. Um, but I, I love gender inclusive hairstyles. So they must have had a really strict thing saying, oh, you had to have women must have had to have a specific length of hair and guys couldn't have long hair and whatnot. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, I think like Disney does have a, a reputation for being pretty heavy handed with their, you know, with with uh, employee conduct and and all that kind of thing so maybe this is just a you know maybe maybe this is a sort of attempt by them to sort of modernize a little bit on that front yeah okay why not Mm -hmm. all right uh the next story is um out of out of one amusement park to a a a zoo here in uh, the san diego zoo so very famous zoo African bush viper, a snake with no known antivenom, bites San Diego employee. Talk about having your bad day. Yeah, was, uh, I guess I guess the employee had to go to hospital because they didn't have um, anything on on site to to treat this person. Um, as 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 uh, as you pointed out, there is no known antivenom for this snake. Um, which like, I think like if I was working at the San Diego zoo, I would put it in my contract that I could only work with poison, poisonous animals for which there was an on-site anti-venom for that particular animal's poison. Otherwise, <laughs> exactly. Hard the... stop or yeah, a, a, or, or, or you're, you're gassing that, that snake. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, I, I just, I just, uh, I find it, I find it amazing that, uh, you know, they have, they have these, uh, like a snake with that singular venom in the. Now, I, I, I understand that this, from what I can uh, gather, their venom is not necessarily lethal. Um, I think it can, it can be lethal, um, but. Uh, it 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 does say that uh uh other other uh other other um effects include hemorrhaging <laughs> and i don't know it just sounds it just sounds like it would uh you it's you're you're not it's not a good time yeah it's not a good time you you're you're not getting bit and thinking all oh, right i get a day off from work yeah yeah, yeah, it's not uh, like it's not like that time that you kind of have that you're kind of hung over and have a bit of a headache and you call into work and then you know you spend the whole day watching prices right. 
Like, no, this. Yeah. It can cause fever, hemorrhaging, and possibly death in humans. Um, I guess what they did was was like they sort of treated him with other other antivenoms. It wasn't necessarily an antivenom for that particular poison, but you know they were just like, well, hopefully this one is is will be will be uh, effective enough to you know keep the worst symptoms at bay, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So this this is an interesting uh, also fact because snakes well i okay maybe not these crazy african snakes because uh actually i'll I'll tell a side story right now before i get into my point so when i was in kenya i went to this reptilian zoo that had you know loads of snakes and it had a black mamba actually had several black mambas but they had this black mamba in this enclosure and it's not a small snake this this black mamba must have been at least seven to ten feet in length and usually when you go to the zoo and you see the snake or even when you just see snakes in captivity they're very docile they're usually just coiled under a rock they're not moving they're just under the heat lamp they're just enjoying life in in captivity in in that in their way this black mamba was actually pacing like a tiger would. It was going from end to end of its of its glass enclosure, like just eyeballing everybody. And even the locals were saying, "Oh yeah, black mambas, you you don't want to mess with them because they they are aggressive." I was like, "Oh jeez." <laughs> so this is like maybe not a similar thing, but but to my point was, I think in nature, um, venomous snakes only are are venomous only really to take down prey like it's it's not used as a a defense mechanism it's actually used to you know immobilize prey so that they can eat it Mm -hmm. so for a snake venomous snake to actually intentionally go out and bite a human like you must have been really pissing it off yeah (laughs) i mean uh but uh, yeah, there's this other side story in this that that there was some some personal guy in in Texas. I guess he he had one as a personal pet. Yeah, Dallas Zoo helped the treatment of a local man bitten by an African bush viper. He was keeping at his home, though owning one of these snakes is illegal in Dallas. Oh come on, dude. <laughs> Hey man, don't 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 step on that guy's personal freedoms. If he wants to own, if he wants to own a poisonous snake that can with with no known antivenom, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should be his right. Oh, uh, I, I guess you're. I guess I guess he's right. That's uh, still dumb. That's <laughs> uh, pretty dumb. Um, speaking about dumb <laughs> as we segue into our guinness genius or what we really should be renaming our segment to our idaho friend yes our idaho so our idaho is. our idaho friend who does these guinness book world records got he's got many of them he does it for to promote stem uh education may have topped actually you know we, we were both laughing at the headline and then we realized you know what this is the first one that we've read that he's done that we actually kind of respect in one way, shape, or form. Idaho man stacks 34 bars of wet soap for a Guinness World Record. I do find that impressive. I do. I find 
I I have trouble controlling one bar of wet soap. You know. So so yeah, exactly. Like, like, so so let me let me let me describe how he's done it. So he's got two cookie trays. So he has this YouTube video of him doing it. He's got two cookie trays with these round uh small bars of soap. They they look like something you'd get in a, a hotel bathroom, right? Yeah. And then he pours water into the cookie trays or the baking trays. And then he proceeds to stack them and he's he's needs to stack them in a minute because that's that's the whole uh benchmark um and apparently he had to grow out his fingernails to actually get better grip yeah that's the part that i thought was so impressive was his dedication to his craft and you know he waited (laughs) to grow his his fingernails larry you're telling me that he had the uh, initial record and yes, then, right. And then That's it right. was beaten by a guy by two bars of soap. So he, you know, he wasn't going to take that. Our Idaho friend, he wasn't going to take that lightly. So he waited by this time, grew his nails and then attacked the problem and took the record again by an additional two bars of soap. So hats off. That is dedication. <laughs> or vindictiveness. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he he couldn't let someone beat it and let it stand. He was like, "Nope, I'm gonna beat this by two. And uh, it, it is impressive because you, you when when I heard that it was like wet bars of soap, and I went, "Oh man!" So you have no room for error, right? Like to to be able to get a stack like that in in uh, in a minute in a minute. And and the picture no. of the stack is great because it's so precarious. It's like the it's like the most precarious Jenga tower you've ever seen, and he's managed to keep it upright. Well, like you said, there's no room for error. Like, could you imagine that you misplace number thirteen? Yep. yep. Like that just sets the <laughs> sets the trajectory of the remaining sta- stack, right? Like you have to have that solid base, like almost down to the final two or three, you, you almost have to be perfect, right? Yeah. So, and, and, and just, and to make sure that your nails are um, not, not holding on to the bars of soap too, too hard, because then you, you're, you're creating too much movement as a result of. Yeah. Um, they have to be at the, they have to be at, uh, at a very particular length to, to be able to, <laughs> to be able to pull off the speed. So. Oh, We're doing great oh things in God. Idaho, Larry. Yeah, you know what? I I I I'm almost I'm if this guy wasn't so famous, I'd like try to email him and have him on the show. <laughs> As our special guest, we could just ask him about all the different records he has. <laughs> one day, Curtis. One day. Maybe one, day one day. We, we need one to raise day. our profile a little bit. I I, I think so. But yeah. oh yeah, that that'll, that'll be that'll be like a, a a show bucket list is to have uh Idaho man. Uh, David Rush. Done. Maybe we can we can we can uh, we can uh, disguise ourselves as a STEM education um, show in here in Canada. Lure him onto the show, possibly, possibly. <laughs> okay, so that's the news. Let's toss those out the window for now. Um, this week uh, past was the fourth episode, right? Am I counting right? Yeah, yeah fourth episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. This was definitely, this must be the midway uh, episode, I would think, because wow, let's, let's just cut, 
there's a lot of things that happen in this episode, but wow, let's just cut to the chase and talk about that ending shot. Yeah, it was uh it was a really really amazing uh end to the to the episode. So um, you know, for those who have been watching the show as you know, there's a new Steve Rogers is out of the picture, so there's a new Captain America by the name of John Walker. He he's not a super soldier. He's a little bit more of a sort of um angry <laughs> take on uh uh on, on you know sort of angry soldier kind of guy you know he has sort of ptsd and stuff and uh we'll, we'll you know some stuff happened but but yeah i think larry you're talking about the last shot so so the last shot is him and he has since taken the super soldier serum and he drives the captain america shield uh repeatedly into into this uh this guy who's working for like a terrorist organization and in the middle of of Riga, um, so all these people are taking pictures of him. And then he, the last shot is he pulls the shield up, and there's blood on the on the Captain America shield. So it's this you know that classic symbol, and it's just covered in 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 a guy's blood. Um, and yeah, that was that was something else. I I I didn't think they they'd go that far, but when when they ended the episode with that shot, uh, the, the 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 really low shot of and looking up at at uh, Captain, um, with the bloody shield like that just uh, like that is the antithesis of Captain America, right? Yeah, and and the- uh, or at least the Steve Rogers. Uh, let's just let's just be clear about this the, of the Captain America that we anyone in the MCU is is seen and known and yeah. Yeah, the Steve Rogers, you know, he's he's got he's got sort of like a heart of gold, and uh, this guy, he's he's a bit damaged. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think there are, you know, I think initially he kind of wanted to, you know, he wanted to to do the right thing by being Captain America. He even says that one of the reasons that he wanted to become Captain America is because, you know, in Afghanistan they were, you know, his unit was tasked with doing some fairly. I guess, um, unsavory things. So he wanted to do something that could be like cut and dried, you know, uh, sort of good. And then he found out that it just isn't that easy. And, uh, you know, he was, he ended up being driven to what he did at the uh, end of the episode. But I was telling you, Larry, that before that happened, I was fine with the episode. I was like, it's entertaining enough, but I'm like, it's just kind of stuff happening. Da, 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 da. And then, when that happened, I was like, all right, the chips are on the table. Now we know, you know, now this is what the series is about, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's about, it's, 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 it's the sort of like the, the, not, I don't know if, I don't know if you'd call him evil necessarily, but it's this Captain America. He's definite, like he's, he's, he's a soldier. He's like a, he's, he's not Steve Rogers, like, you know he's 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 a sold he's a soldier he's seen things and and this is how he uses this symbol this is how he rep this is how he represents this symbol and it's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. what you're used to and it's not what you want really it, it, it also goes i'm i'm seeing this theme of uh in in the show also of worthiness right so at the End of, at at end game, uh, there's a 
the pivotal fight scene, you know, the good guys are look like all the chips are down. Um, Thor looks like he's about to, you know, die at the hands of, of Thanos. And you see Molnir lift. Right. Mm-hmm. And and Steve was able to lift Molnir, which, you know, it's it's not a question of strength or as guardian uh, background. It's it's whether or not you're worthy to uh, wield the weapon. Mm-hmm. And the first few episodes, Sam is questioning his worthiness about picking up the shield. And that's why he felt that he had to hand it back. Yes. Uh, then you have Walker, you know, wondering about his worthiness or trying to prove his worthiness of, of the, of the, um, of, of having the shield. And now you have, you know, the fact that, yeah, he's completely unworthy of that shield, right? Um, now the shield, now the, now, now the shield, you know, has lost tainted as right? a symbol. That's right. And they were, they were kind of toying with that, right? Because, uh, uh, K, uh, Carly was talking about, you know, one of her goals was to um, kill Captain America, right? Because it's a symbol that, you know, needed to die, you know, in that sense. But now it's completely tainted, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see where they go oh, from here. God, yeah. And, and you know what? Hats off to um, Wyatt Russell, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, my my little man here is like, oh man, he, you know, I, I really don't like this Captain America. I said, man, that's because he's doing his job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't. It it takes a lot to be an actor and play a character that you know. You, it's it's now going to be hard for me to see him in other roles yeah. and not like him. It's like the it's like the kid that plays, um, I guess, uh, two actors two British actors, young, young actors. So the, the actor that plays Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. You know, he, his career is done. He, because no one will ever cast him as the, 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 as the happy go lucky love interest in a, in a wrong con. And the other one would be, um, uh, the Lannister kid in, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Joffrey Baratheon. Sorry. Yeah. Joffrey Baratheon. Yeah. There's no way Joffrey is doing is getting like that uh, lead lead Roncon role. I think I think the actor uh, has 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 re- has retired. That's right. Yep. Because yep. for that very reason, I've seen interviews with him. He seems like a really sort of like uh, lovely young man. Yep. <laughs> but, he played it too well. Yeah, he played. He did. He was so hateable. Uh yeah, he played that he played that amazingly. But yeah, I guess like, you know, where do you go from there? You know. So yeah, why Russell, he might have the same problem. Though he had a pretty good career leading up to. So this is Wyatt Russell is the son of uh Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Former um, hockey player. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He played uh he played in BC for a while. He played he was a goaltender. He, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's because like he got into it because, from what I understand, uh, they spent as a family spent some time in Canada. I think they own owned a cottage or something like that, 
and I think just he got yeah. Tumbled. It's very famous that they they own us. They own a place in Muskoka. Yeah, that, Muskoka. That, that's always been yeah. So I think I think he got exposed to the game from trips to Canada or whatever. But yeah, he was a very good a very good hockey player um, who parlayed his talents into into acting. Well. Also, I think this is the first role because at first I didn't recognize him is because I think he usually has like a, a beard. Mm-hmm. That's that's his normal look. So maybe he's, you know, if he grows the beard back again. No one will recognize him because, man, uh, will he? Yeah. Will there be a redemption of the John Walker character at all? Or do you think they're just going to? Con- I don't know. Let I him mean, go down this roid rage I think, angle. I, I think I think there will. I think, you know, they're going to. They, they're gonna, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try to make him, you know, somewhat re- be be somewhat relatable. I don't I don't know like if you want him to go too far gone. You know, you kind of I think I think you want him to be maybe a tragic sort of figure. Um I know in the comics and obviously, you know, the MCU does its own thing and isn't beholden to the comics, but like, you know, J- John Walker has been, you know, an ally of sort of the Avengers and, and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is that possible sort of arc for him, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, just, just him, just the way he's played that character, just like so well, um, you know, it's just, uh, it, it, it's, it's just going to be so, so fascinating to see, you know, how they develop it further. Mm-hmm. Just, just amazing. And th- those are the two points. So there, there was some great other scenes uh, in, in the movie that kind of explored it. They they brought the Wakanda scene, and so they see that you 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 go you do a, they do a little flashback scene where um, Bucky is being rehabilitated in Wakanda, right? Yes, and then that's where they introduce uh, the the woman that comes looking for uh, Zemo, and Zemo escapes. So we don't. Maybe this is the best way of kind of exiting Zemo? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if he'll factor in. I mean, maybe he will now that if it becomes, you know, uh, public knowledge that John Walker has the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Zemo ma- has made it quite clear that, that one of his goals is to eliminate that serum. So maybe, uh, you know, he'll come after uh, Walker somehow or something like that. I don't know if we've seen the last of them in this series. Well, well, we'll have to find out. Uh, was there anything else that really came into play? We, you got to know a bit more of Carly's motives a bit more. So that, that was really good. I, you know, I think you, you said it well at the beginning of, of our analysis of this episode. Um, so much happens in this episode to the point where I wish they paced it out a bit. I wish they did a bit more drips like WandaVision did mm-hmm. because this episode, there was just so much revelation like across all the story arcs that this, it was almost overwhelming <laughs> in some cases um, because, you know, Sam gets through to Carly and then there's the stuff going on with John and, and then there's also the realization of what happened to Bucky and then Zemo and it was just like, Oh my God. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know the the Wakandans have a vested interest in keeping Zemo incarcerated, as he was, you know, the guy who killed uh, King mm-hmm. T'Chaka. 
Um, so that, and that's all happening. Yeah. Like you said, that's all happening in one episode. Um, that's right. Yeah. They, if they, if they kind of spaced out, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, uh, if I had my magic wand and if I, if I did it my way, I think I would have done the Sam Carly trying to get through to Carly over maybe a few episodes mm-hmm. and also have John hold on to the serum for a few episodes like tease that out a bit more yeah well and because it seems like sam and and carly when they talk it seems like they have a familiarity with each other and they don't you know like they seem to have a that's right like all of a sudden yeah it was like from one fight scene to we're having this heart-to-heart chat yeah and she's she's like she seems like well i'll kill captain america but i don't want to kill sam if i don't have to and it's like why are you so you know like what is your history with Sam? And they seem to have like this. So I think what they're trying to say is that they have um, a similarity in, uh, in, in sort of values and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and motives, but obviously, obviously, you know, different methods of carrying that out. But, uh, you know, I think they're trying, trying to say that they have that they, you know, that they're maybe on the political spectrum, they kind of want the same thing. But I just think, like you say, if there was like, you know, something in one of the previous episodes to set that up, Mm -hmm. it would have been maybe a bit more effective. And instead, they're just kind of like having this parlay like it it could have been initial parlay, the phone call to the sister. And then this event, that probably would have been a bit more to to take Mm -hmm. in in, in a course of three episodes rather than all happening at once. Mm hmm uh john getting the serum it would have been a more it would have been really interesting for the character to hold on to it and he's te- you're you're just like the zemo thing about oh again this episode tease the the screw job which never happened yeah why don't you just do that with all the storylines like tease the fact that he still has a serum he's gonna take it oh is he gonna take it in this episode oh he ends up not taking it uh, he's gonna take it here oh he doesn't um, have them real really struggle with it uh, yeah and then and then ha- because that that makes the fall even stronger right when you kind of you're sort of sympathetic to the character and all of a sudden oh my god i can't believe he did it and then he does these you know horrible roid rage things like i did like his conversation that he had with uh Battlestar, mm-hmm. who's in a who who at that point is in a much sort of better place than than john sort of asking for tacit permission to be able to take it without it without like saying right out i want to take it you know sort of mm-hmm. implies that you know if if you could take it would you and Battlestar's like you know hell yeah and so he takes that as sort of tacit permission to take it mm-hmm. and then of course you know uh Battlestar meets his uh untimely oh. end at the hands of uh was it carly carly herself who kicked kicked him and uh or, yeah i think it was wasn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh so then you know he <laughs> goes into that as you called it quite rightly the roid rage um and that's all that's all stuff too that's again all in this episode that could have yeah. like you know um and and then they have that uh sam and bucky have that parallel conversation right where uh bucky asked sam if if he could take it Oh right, that's right. Yeah. So I, th- I thought I thought that was a nice little touch because the, the two conversations obviously run differently. Yeah. 
Sam is content to uh, sort of rely on his his uh, military grade technologies. Yeah, and and it's it's great because the was it the second episode that they have the therapy mm-hmm. together? Yes, where that that whole theme of worthiness is is coming into play. Right, you're seeing how John Walker, who is Captain America, in his actions, and then you see Sam and his actions and you're just like you know you uh, you as you as the kind of person watching even though sam even though uh, steve thought sam was worthy you know we as an audience are now experiencing the same things that uh steve saw in sam yeah yeah he's proving his worthy he's proving his worthiness unfortunately he's already given the (laughs) (laughs) and 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 and, uh, yeah and wackiness ensues but again just oh man they yeah they just could have teased out that that stuff a bit more because like you said the episode was great but it was a lot to take in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a a lot of stuff happened and it was just like whoa so um i don't know if because now that all this is happening so the only thing that's kind of left somewhat unknown is who the power broker is and because that person is yet to uh show themselves that's right but you know that they're part of the chase yeah yeah so now, now Carly's being chased by everybody. Yeah, and I'm just looking forward to seeing like the reactions to Captain America murdering people and f- murdering somebody in front of like, you know, like a crowded square, and then what will uh, be a, a millions of people on YouTube or whatever, right? Like, that's going to yeah. be really interesting to me. What, what what was that joke that you kept mentioning uh, from the last episode? Riga, a Baltic state. That was in the preview. Yeah, that, that weird exposition. <laughs> like Sam's like, he's talking to two people who have been around the world. And he's like, they're in Riga, you know, a city on the Baltic Sea. Not even mentioning that it's a world capital. <laughs> like, I think people probably know what Riga is. Oh, you're, you're giving them too much credit. <laughs> um. But uh, no, it's it's, uh, it's it's looking forward to uh, this week's episode. Um, so it looks like the timing will align quite well. So once Falcon Winter Soldier ends, um, if you feel like paying the premium price, you can the week after or two weeks after your Winter Soldier, a Falcon Winter Soldier, you can rent or buy yourself a copy or premium a heads-up edition of uh the black widow movie so how much is the premium i think disney's been going with the 30 dollar price range i think that's what the other movies were uh so that's that was like mulan and the uh, animated movie that's out right now right yeah so if you get that 30 so that's the only way you can see it you can't just pay you know, whatever amount uh, and have a standard Disney plus subscription. Is that right? You have to, that is the price. So you have to be a Disney plus subscriber to, to even get it period. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, so you, you need kind of, you need both, right? Um, Cause I want, cause I want to see it, but I just want to know how much it's going to cost me and what I, what commitments I have to make. That, that, that's that's right so i think it'll be in the 30 dollar price range and seeing that it's it's this close like there's no way i'm going into a movie theater so i don't i i, I might i might fork it out 
we paid um probably about that to see wonder woman uh 84 uh when it first came out and still cheaper than seeing it in the theaters like the two of you with popcorn transportation whatever you think about it that that's it'll be more than a 30 dollar evening yeah yeah and i don't have anybody kicking my seat well some unless heather does it and she's known to she's do been known. She's a seat kicker for sure. She she she'd be like sitting next to you, and all of a sudden, oh, hold on, I, I'll I'll be right back. And she like decides to just sit behind the couch and just start booting she's, you in the head. Yep, yeah, and talking, <laughs> asking you lots of questions, <laughs> but not no, no, sorry, not asking you a lot of questions. Asking someone, yeah, she goes, like, she calls, someone. she calls people, right? Like she just starts calling random people kicking my seat who is that really gives you this the 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 the, uh like gives you some some uh some of that true verite experience of being in a cinema yeah spilling pop on your floor and letting it dry i put some half chewed gum sort of like underneath my feet and stuff like that yeah (laughs) geez look a look a a look into your relationship with heather that's 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 impressive buddy (laughs) Like I, I, I didn't real. think she'd she'd commit that commit to the role that that far where she would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get, give uh, you gotta give it all. <laughs> the only thing we're missing is those obnoxious Scotiabank commercials. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Heather could probably um, spool up something. Yeah, maybe they're on YouTube. We'll just watch watch a. Uh, we'll make a playlist of them right. on YouTube and watch that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Are are you referring to the ones where it's the 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 military popcorn kernels? I am. That's yeah, the military popcorn kernels. <laughs> There's also that that one that's kind of a tearjerker with the snowman. Is it a snowman who's? Oh, it's the Cineplex. Those are the Cineplex yeah, the ads, Cineplex though, right? Ads. You're talking about yeah. the 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 child that makes the snowman and someone puts the snowman in the fridge or something. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a bit of a bit of a tearjerker that one. Uh-huh. But uh, the uh, yeah the the yeah the uh, the popcorn guys are for the Scotiabank scene card I think. Um, there's the one with the eye eye patch. He's kind of like a bit of a of a of a mix between Nick Fury and Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, here here's something. Uh, tying into our just to close out the episode with our sort of video game segment. Do you ever play Time Play in the theater? I have never played it. I've, 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 you know, I've seen people play it and I've, I've answered the questions as if it's on, on screen, but I've never logged into the app or anything. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, since the pandemic, uh, here, here's a good story of a company pivoting. They're doing a home version of time play. So, Every Thursday evening at 8 p.m., they do a live time play um, trivia game, okay. just like you would in the theater. Um, arguably, the, it's it's a little longer. It's maybe more towards a 15-minute mark, and the questions are, uh, let's just say, a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing for the same stakes. You're playing for scene points. Uh, you use the phone app, and you join this web you join the website uh you're you join a room so i think there's there's up to 500 people that can play in a given pool um and you're watching your computer screen and you're they 
do the questions just like you would in the theater and you answer on your phone. That sounds cool. Yeah, no, no, it 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 is. Um and you know, if you still like doing the scene points and whatever, that's hey, that that's all, all power to you. So yeah. that's our little movie video game tie-in. So if you guys want to give it a try, it's not a different app. So if you have the time play app, it just works the same way. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Definitely cool. So uh, that ends a, another episode of the Existentialist Cucumber. You can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcast. On Apple Podcast, you can give us a five-star rating and leave some comments. We'd appreciate it. It also helps with the, uh, you know, the AI. So we don't get uh, banned like this poor town of Ville de Biche. That's right. We, we, we you know. I'm sure the AI there works a lot better if you give us a five star and a and a rating. So that's right. We 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 need we need our legitimacy to be solidified so that we can <laughs> we can prevent being uh, bounced ac- accidentally in air quotes. Yes, yes, for sure. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Pandemic, it's not looking from home.